0: There is something about fasting and praying, especially this last time. We we're on day, I guess, number 38 out of 40 days, and I really sense that God has already done something miraculous. I keep thinking of those messages about being in the wilderness that Dale rabbi dale gave and i think that i certainly personally have been in the wilderness in many ways and yet i i just feel blessed as i was walking and praying this morning and you know uh the block that i pray around um when i'm going one direction i'm going due east and what a beautiful thing it is to see just as as the sun begins to peek through and actually it's not the sun it's it's the rays of the sun and it, it's so beautiful and so i i just would ask if anybody is going through difficulties That you just open your eyes to what God has given us and shown us. And, you know, even man made things could only be made with God's help, with God's substances. So there isn't anything that isn't from God. And, uh, you know, I want to talk tonight about the importance of God's reminders. God has reminders for you and I in his word. And uh, I'd like to begin with the parashah for this weekend, which helps us understand why we are to heed God's reminders. And so we start with Deuteronomy 29, 9 through 11. And I want you to take this personally. I know you're not the one standing in front of God this moment, but in a a sense we are. You are standing today, all of you, before Adonai, your God, the heads of your tribes, your elders, your officials, all the men of Israel, your children, your wives, and the outsider within your camp, from your woodchopper to your water carrier, each of you is to cross over into the covenant of Adonai, your God, that he is cutting with you today and into his oath. Before we go any further, and this is a little off the subject of God's reminders, but really this is actually a reminder that it's not just the people of Israel who were called by God. You can see here there was also the outsiders. And anybody who was standing with the people of Israel in front of God was taking God's oath. And so right from the beginning, we see that this is not God's uh, word to just the people who are Jewish or the people of Israel, but this is God's word to everybody. And in in verse 12 through 14, he says, this is in order to confirm you today as his people. So he will be your God just as he promised you and just as he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac and Jacob. Not with you alone am I cutting this covenant and this oath, but with whomever is standing here with us today. <laughs> There's repetition, isn't there? Before Adonai our God and with whomever is not here with us today. Well, if they're here and they're not here, I'm thinking that's almost everybody, right? I know this is difficult for people to get into their mind because for years people thought that this book was for the Jewish people and the New Covenant was for the people who followed Yeshua, and somehow you take some of the nice psalms out of this book, and we're good to go. But that's not what God is trying to do, I believe, by his word. He's trying to show us his heart throughout the entire history that even when he chooses a people, his heart is for everybody. So why don't we stand as a sign that we have crossed over into the covenant without Adonai? Could I ask you all to stand for a second? If you, if you can. If you can't stand, don't worry about it. As we stand, let me declare the following scripture over us, also from the parashah. Deuteronomy 30 verses 19 and 20. And this is still God speaking. I call the heavens and the earth to witness about you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. Therefore choose life so that you and your descendants may live by loving Adonai your God, listening to his voice and clinging to him. For he is your life and the length of your days that you may dwell on the land that Adonai swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. You may be seated. Now, what is God asking for? If you look in this verse that we just read, or I just read, it says, By loving Adonai your God, by listening to his voice and clinging to him. So often people see loving God by listening to his voice in terms of obeying, following the rules, but not necessarily clinging to him. And God is calling us, he's a jealous God, he wants us to cling to him. So this is why we have reminders, because of who God is and what he has done. He's given us reminders so that we can do the very things that I've read about so far in these verses. So as we are about to come into these moedim of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, we are to cling to him. And nothing, I mean nothing, should allow us, just like nothing separates us from the love of God, nothing should separate God from our love. So, reminders. What's a reminder? Well, there's a reminder in life. When somebody is born, then they have a birthday. And each year, it's a reminder. And when somebody has a birthday, what do we do? We honor them. We bless them, right? So we go to the party, and we give a present, and we, we bless them. And, and there are other reminders in life. There's the cycles of, you know, whether it's circumcision or bar mitzvah or weddings or having children. And we celebrate these times in our lives, these cycles, as we honor. Always it's about honor, bringing honor to something, somebody. Well, God has set up appointments for us that create cycles in our lives, habits that are good for us and also honor Him. By keeping our appointments with God, we're not only honoring God, but we're showing Him our love. We're listening to God, as we read before. So hopefully, we've made time in our busy schedule to meet with God each day. That's the, the first cycle. A daily quiet time. I call it a quiet time, many people do, because we are eliminating distractions from our crazy world and focusing on God and our relationship with him. And I believe this is part of the covenant that we have made with God that we just stood for. From the daily alone time with God, he also shows us the benefits of worshiping together as we develop a spiritual family, and we come together on Shabbat and rest in Him. However, it's a time we worship Him as a community. We come together. Now, traditionally, on Friday nights, when you have the Shabbat meal and you have a family together or with friends, you would have a special Shabbat meal where you're sharing the love of God together while strengthening the family unit as God receives our praises. It's also wonderful to share that time with our children's friends and our friends. If you do this each week, you realize the power of focusing on God as a group, as a family, as a community. So Shabbat is a reminder to us to focus on God with our family and our congregation. And I must say that though Pat and I haven't done this recently, but it used to be, certainly years ago, we would have people over to our house every Friday night and for a Shabbat meal. It was a great time, a great time. And then when we lived in Philadelphia, we lived only four blocks from the synagogue. So we would walk to the synagogue after the meal. It was great. Great, great time. Now, we haven't been very vigilant about celebrating Rosh Chodesh, which means the head of the month. It's in scripture. But even we're not really commanded any place to celebrate it, but we see it popping up in many places that it was celebrated. And so that's a cycle as well. We see that every month, when there's the new moon, we have Rosh Kodesh. And if it were up to me, we would do something special, but, you know... Uh, We can't burn everybody out. I get it. So there are just times that it's me thinking what a wonderful time this is as we renew. We have a new beginning as we start a new month. And concerning Rosh Hashanah, it is not only the head of the year traditionally, but it is also the head of the month. It's also Rosh Kodesh. And so we celebrate it, but we celebrate it because in Leviticus 23, God says, this is something you should do every year. So we are obedient, but we also do it not by rote, not because it's tradition, not because it's important, We do it because this is a time where we seek to cling to God. This is a time where we put other things away and we say, no, we're going to spend time with God. And so this weekend is one of those times. You have Friday night and Saturday morning, which is Shabbat. Then you have Sunday night and Monday morning, which is Rosh Hashanah. We know that, as we've already said, the correct name is Yom Turua, the day of the blowing. And these, this is the beginning of the fall appointments, the Moedim, that God has for you and I. So we have Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year, and Yom, which is Yom Turua, the day of the blowing, as you can see up there and Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement, Sukkot, Tabernacles, and Shemini Atzeret, which is the eighth day, which is tacked on, in a sense, to Sukkot. And, but all of these, by right, are special days where God is calling us to do certain things. And so I would just suggest if at all possible, that you are able to come to as much during this time period, not to, for any other reason, but because God said that he has made an appointment with us, and I believe we should keep the appointment. He's God. We're to bless him. The Tashlich service is Monday after uh, the regular service. So Tashlich will be roughly 1 o'clock or 1.30. And we will go down to the Bayshore waters and we will throw bread cum- crumbs into those waters. And I'll explain all of that on Sunday or Monday when we talk about that. The message on Sunday and Monday will also talk about, especially Monday, why, why is it traditional to read Genesis 21 and Genesis 22 on Rosh Hashanah. Why do they do that in the synagogues? I think you'll find it interesting. At any rate, Yom Kippur has one of the, uh, look, the Kolnidri service on Tuesday night, uh, the 4th, will be meaningful. We'll r- light the Yisker candles for people who have passed away. It's always a moving service. But we also have Yisker the next day, which is also the same, where we celebrate life by talking about people who have been close to us, who we have lost. And that's at one thirty after services, and that's always extremely moving because people become transparent. And... Really, transparency is a, is a beautiful thing. It it shows you people's uh, people's hearts, and there's nothing. There are no walls in front when you talk about a loved one who has passed away. And then there'll be testimonies and prayer and teaching and the Nila service at six and dinner at seven. Um, Please make reservations so we know how much food to order. Obviously, do not bring food because we are resting that entire day. Um, And we're fasting until 7 for most of us. If you can't, that's okay. Sukkot comes after that. And again, uh, Friday the 14th, I just want to get you ready to sign up today for it, it will be, as we say, under the stars. I love when we do a service outside, and we did this a couple times last, was it last year, or two, yeah, last year, and it was just beautiful, so I'm inviting you to sign up for Shabbat dinner October 14th, because that's going to be a special time. Sukkot service, and then, of course, Shemini Atzeret, which is going to be in St. Pete. And uh, that's a great service as well, as we roll back the Torah. But it's also a great service to share with others. Because as we are having a service, there are people walking throughout the St. Pete area, you know, uh, and, and they're passing by us. And we have an opportunity to share with them. So, there are so many wonderful opportunities in these reminders that God has put in our lives. But we have to take advantage of them. We can't, you know, it's, it's yes. And, and so we see it in Leviticus 23. And I believe that these appointments, God would have us do together focus as a community. Now the other thing about these holy days, the these feasts, is that they are a rehearsal for God's plan of redemption for mankind. And we are also here together, we're holy, we're set apart, we're sanctified. And as we take time away from our regular schedule, we're agreeing with God and his desire. And really when we do that, we're under his authority. And so that's part of humility. It's part of what we need to truly be humble. We live in a chaotic world, wouldn't you agree? And it, be, it is becoming more chaotic every day because there's no authority in most people's lives. And there's a real lack of humility. There's a lack of respect for people. There's a, a lack of respect for authority. And Rosh Hashanah is that opportunity to really come under God's authority. Rosh Hashanah is, as we said, not the correct name in the, biblically. The correct name is Yom Teruah, the Day of the Blowing. Um, but we'll call it Rosh Hashanah just because the Jewish community calls it that. And, uh, but either one is fine. And... Uh, also, it's not the head of the year because we know that in Exodus 12, 1 and 2, it says, Now Adonai spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, and this is at Passover, uh, this month will mark the beginning of months for you. It is the, to be the first month of the year for you. So it's clear, God's first of the month is the month that Passover is in, in the spring. Now, growing up, in a fairly relaxed, reformed Jewish family. Uh, I didn't go to services often. My parents not only weren't believers, but they were, well, my mother was an atheist and my father said maybe an agnostic. And um, But we always went to Rosh Hashanah service in Yom Kippur. We had to go there. and. What I lo- later learned was how amazing it is that I went all those years and never saw Yeshua. I don't understand how that's possible. As, I mean, really, it's all about the redemptive program Yeshua fulfills by his life, his death, his resurrection, and his return. So the three fall feasts that we'll be celebrating, the three main fall feasts, are Rosh Hashanah, which is, I believe, a wake-up. You know, you hear the shofar a hundred times, and you are to wake up. God is seeking to call you. Then there's Yom Kippur, where... People will have their final opportunity, the Jewish people in particular, the final, the nation of Israel, their final opportunity to accept Yeshua as their Messiah. And then Sukkot, the Feast of Booths, the tabernacling together, gathering of believers to tabernacle with the Lord. So, in the future, And we never know which year it's going to be. But in the future, that's the purposes of these holy days. Yes, do I believe Yeshua is coming back at this time? Yes, I do. We'll see. Right? Okay. So Rosh Hashanah has a lot of different names. And uh, we'll just... Say if you want to have something simple to say on that on Sunday and Monday, just say Lashana Tova, which means have a good year. Lashana Tova, okay? Tova, good, Shana, year. Lashana Tova, have a good year. As Ron was mentioning, the 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are known as the days of awe or the days of repentance. It's a time of introspection. I hope that we've had 40 days of introspection. Uh, But now it'll be 50 with the days of awe, right? And uh, it's interesting because there is a view put forth by the rabbis in the Talmud that the day of Rosh Hashanah coincides with the sixth day of creation, when humanity was created. And so according to this view, Rosh Hashanah becomes the birthday of the world or the birthday of all peoples. But I think when you you think about these holy days, You think about Yeshua, you realize the importance going forth of these holy days. And I believe very strongly that Jewish people are going to come to know the Lord in large numbers during this time. I pray that it's this year, but if it's not this year, it's going to be next year, But we keep praying and believing and expecting and looking forward to it. I know in my family, I was mentioning to someone this evening, my brother who I've been sharing with for how many years? I don't know, 40 years? And he's still not even moving to God, let alone Yeshua. So, Just keep this in your heart and your mind as I want to close this message, but I, I want you to consider the following. When you think of these holy days, when you meet Jewish people, if you have the opportunity, consider these thoughts. Number one, we've all sinned. That's a new concept for Jewish people. Because they don't think they've sinned, for the most part. Uh, Yes, at Yom Kippur, they'll all daven or whatever and, and say the prayers and say they've sinned. But by and large, Jewish people don't think of themselves as sinners. So we have to go to the Jewish scripture, Isaiah 53, 6, where it says, we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us turn to his own way and there are other scriptures i just chose this one secondly sin actually separates us from god we see this again in isaiah rather your iniquities have made a separation between you and your god your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear going to have to remind myself to mention this scripture to my friend Mark because he says hey I'm Jewish I have a, a, a direct connection thank you a direct connection but I'm going to say Mark it says here that sins have separated you from that direct connection think about that yeah That's it. So, number three, God's love, through God's love, we're forgiven. It says that in Isaiah forty three twenty five, I I am the one who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and will not remember your sins. So how and why is this done? Well, when we acknowledge Yeshua in our heart, he forgives us and atones For our sins. Isaiah fifty three, six. So Adonai has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The Messiah did come as a conquering Messiah, because the conquering was not done in the physical realm. Though that will happen too. But the conquering was done in the spiritual realm. And so imagine the sins that we have committed, you and I, have been laid on Yeshua. All of the sins. And so that's why God is blotting them out. Because he is our atonement. So, if there's anybody here who's never received Yeshua in their heart, or if anybody on Facebook Live who hears my voice this evening, please accept Yeshua now by just saying, Lord, I cry out to you, Father. I believe that Yeshua is my Messiah. I receive him as Lord of my life. I will not sin. And if I do, Lord, I will come to you. But I'm really sorry for my sins. And I want to dedicate my life to you forever. I want to be committed to you forever. I thank you and praise you for this in the name of Yeshua. And you know what? When we listen to God and follow his directions, God rejoices. It says in Zephaniah 3.17 Adonai, your God is in your midst, a mighty Savior. He'll delight over you with joy. He will quiet you with his love. He will dance for joy over you with singing. This is what happens when we accept Yeshua as our Messiah. So, Lord, I pray, Father, if there's anybody who has said those words, I pray they will come forth for prayer, whether it's here tonight or another time. We ask, Lord, for the power of your Spirit to just be upon their journey as they journey with you. I pray this in the name of Yeshua.